All right, listeners, let's turn and burn because you're listening to FewerCast, and this is our Film Effect Weekly Entertainment Recap Podcast, dedicated to all the latest news in entertainment and film. Happy Friday, or whatever day of the week it is you're listening to us. As always, I'm Ed, joining me this week, Justin and Corey. Talk to me, fellas. It's Top Gun Week. Hey, now. Uh, hi, everybody, and oddly enough, I am getting more excited for Top Gun. I didn't think it was going to happen, but I actually might go see it in theaters. I'm getting more excited. Well, I, I figured since we don't have an episode planned on the original, we can at least chat about it for a bit, for the, you know, just Top Gun in general, um, since technically this is our show and we can do shit like that whenever we want. So, uh, first, I guess I should ask, where are you guys at on Tony Scott's Top Gun? Uh, I'm a fan. I think we just talked about this a few weeks ago. I don't remember how in, the, in depth we got, but um, yeah, I, I, I haven't now. I haven't watched it start to finish in a long time, so mm-hmm. um, like years. So um, I need to give it another view at some point. But it's a mo- it's a movie I always liked. I've never been crazy about it. That's why like I haven't I've never been excited for the sequel right. until like the past week or two, where I just keep hearing everybody rave about it. So mm-hmm. now it's like, well, I'm kind of interested. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go to the theaters to see it, but I won't wait till it's on like pay, uh, basic cable with commercials. You know, I'll, I'll catch it at some point. That. <laughs> it got upgraded to like premium cable. Yeah, it got upgraded. <laughs> the premium cable. A and Saturday night, two years from now, I'll be watching it. For the record, we talked about it briefly last week because it was my recommend for the week. Yeah. Okay. I knew. I knew at some point we talked about, it and we yeah. talked about. I think we broke down the trailer for the new one. And, and, That's um, right. Yeah. yeah, we, we've done yeah, that. yeah. I just I wasn't excited after that, but I don't know. Just the 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 more the closer it gets, and the more I hear about it, and the more I see of it, and I'm like, okay, I'm a little more interested. Well, yeah. I mean, I watched it last week, the original, of course. Um, and then I don't know if I brought it up on here or not, but when I saw, oh Christ, what the hell was it that I saw? Uh oh, what no? Whatever, whatever I saw last in theaters was in the uh, Dolby Theater. I can't believe I can't remember what it was. It was just like two weeks ago. Um, but they had like a five to ten minute long preview, extended like it was in a, it was a scene, um, basically in in, in the Dolby Theater from Maverick. And after seeing that, and on top of watching the first one just last week, I'm I'm ready. I got. I'm actually going uh, Thursday night after work. I got me and my buddy Burleson have tickets for uh, the 9:30 show at uh, White Marsh, the Dolby Theater. Ironically enough, so I'm pumped. I'm ecstatic for this. It's fucking Top Gun Maverick, and the more I keep seeing trailers and stuff for it, and like TV spots, and like it's been all over like the internet and people talking about it. They had the premiere and like, it's getting fantastic reviews. I'm shocked. I have not read a bad thing about this film yet. Not even a mediocre thing. Everyone is praising it. So hopefully it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's true to all the reviews that I've read, which have been fantastic. So, yeah, I'm excited for it too. I mean, I, you know, the original I liked, but I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan, but I've always respected just it's how good. real it looked. Well, I the dog fighting parts. I've just always respected how real that shit looked and how awesome it was. Because you watch other movies and it, you know, with maybe a similar premise or a military thing, and it doesn't deliver on that. And Top Gun always did. So yeah, I'm excited, and I think this is one of those movies I definitely want to see in theaters just because of what it is. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I think it'll be fun. I mean, 
definitely the reviews have gotten me excited uh, the same way you said, Ed. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it now. Yeah, let me know. I'll go with yeah, you, that, dude. That's the... the I, I've kind of given up on reviews and basing anything, whether or not I want to see a movie on reviews for the most part. But when something's universally praised, then I'm kind of intrigued where it's like, well, I might not like it because a lot of times I end up hating things that everybody seems to like, but I'm at least intrigued to see what it is that everybody sees in something. So that that's where I'm at with this now. Um, yeah, the, the dog fighting scenes and, and the dog fighting scenes in this one, I said, even with the, the trailer, like, I don't know about the rest of the movie, but the dog fighting scenes look really well made. Um, have you ever guys ever seen Tony Scott's Revenge with Kevin Costner? Uh, no, Anthony Quinn, right? Anthony Quinn. Yeah, it's I've never seen fucking, it before. It's great, man. And it's so underrated for so it, it, it actually hmm. that and the last Boy Scout are my two favorite Tony Scott movies. And at the beginning of it, like the first 10, 15 minutes play almost like a Top Gun sequel of sorts because Kevin Costner is a pilot and it's just like scenes of him and a couple of his buddies flying around. And it's that same cinematography from Top Gun. Mm -hmm. So like you're getting you're, you're getting Top Gun vibes while you're watching. It. It's pretty cool. Just like watch it because it's a great movie, but like check it out at some point just for that. It, it's kind of funny the way he does that. No, definitely. I will. Um. All right, be, uh, before we jump into the show today, I want to remind our listeners to check us out on both Facebook and Instagram at the Film Effect Podcast for all announcements and up-to-date updates. Follow us along on Twitter at Film Effect Pod for the best way to interact from or hear from us. Um, do that again, just for editing purposes. For the best way to interact or hear from us, if you're on TikTok, then we're on TikTok. Follow along at Film Effect Podcast. And guys, we're on YouTube now. We're on YouTube. Check out clips from previous episodes for now, but eventually it'll be used for things like watch-alongs and any video projects we might want to start making. Link in the episode notes. And finally, all electronic forms of mail can be sent, as always, to the Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. Ratings and reviews, they really do help us. So uh, if you're on Spotify, Apple, or go to the Film Effect Podcast.com slash reviews, uh, helps with the algorithm. It's, it puts us in a good spot. So, and we'll forever be grateful. Uh, we also got merch, like I always say, low prices, snug material, variety of designs. Coming next week for uh, Pride Month, got a brand new design. Ran it by the guys earlier. They approve. It's good stuff. You'll uh, you'll like it. And uh, yeah. So now that I got all that out of the way, let's tighten that grip and bring on the drip. I may have some breaking news for you, Elliot. All right. Um, I want to start on a serious note. I want to talk about the uh, shootings today. I say today because it's Tuesday. We're recording this, but uh, the shootings this week. Um, and now. Bear with me because I first heard about it uh, around 4 o'clock today. We're recording this around 10 o'clock, so about six hours ago. And then it was, I think the number was 13 or 14. And then I read it a couple hours ago, and it went up to like 17. Now it's at 19. Um, uh, my, my source is CNN, by the way. It's 14 last I heard. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's uh, at least 18 children and one adult. And um, is that Uvald, Uvald, Texas? Is that how you pronounce it? I forget. Yeah, I'd never heard of the place until Neither today. I. I forget. I saw it. It's yeah. like, apparently it's like 80 miles west of San Antonio. So 
Um, an 18-year-old from the high school is the suspect. He's dead. Um, yeah, this is just... I don't even know where to begin. I don't know where to begin because I might give myself an aneurysm. Uh, Justin, you begin because you love politics and this is right up your alley. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that this is a political issue. Um, it, it, it does. And just to be clear, like, I'm I'm a pro... I, I hate to put it this way because it makes me sound rah-rah. I'm, I'm for the Second Amendment. I don't want to say pro. I'm not like a... I'm not a gun guy. Right, right. Um, but but I'm for people having. I think you you should have the right to own them and protect yourself. Um, yeah, right. Like not no fucking eighteen year old though. I'm sorry. Well, I, I don't even have. Yeah, I mean, if you want to bump up the age to twenty one, make it like alcohol. I'm per- see. Here's yeah. the problem. Like this is one of those to get it into the political realm. This is one of those um, topics where. Are issues where the Republicans are fucking up, in my opinion, just like the Democrats just did with abortion. They overplayed their hand and now it's, you know, now they're going to end up losing on that one. I think this could happen to the Republicans with guns, not that we're ever going to get rid of the Second Amendment or anything like that. But it's one of those things where if they would just give a little bit and try to meet the other side just a little more in the middle, like they don't have to meet them all the way. Um they're, they're certainly not going to ban assault rifles, but just like can't do background checks. Like, is that such a heavy lift? Like it shouldn't be as easy to buy a gun. It, it shouldn't be harder to get like um, a voting card or a driver's license than it is to get a gun. Like it, they should at least be on equal footing and regulated a little bit more than they are. Um, um, I think the gun culture in this country, like the, the gun love is a big part of it. Um, you know, guns are a tool and should be treated that way. Like there's gun magazines and we fetishize them. And, and even to an extent we're guilty with like the movies that, you know, some of the movies, not all the movies, but some of the movies we like are very violent and glorify all that. So not that I think movies are cause of any of this. Yeah. Not to turn that into that old cliche subject. And I'm I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. I apologize. I just don't want to turn this into that. Yeah, let me explain what I mean by that. I don't mean that I think movies are to blame. Right. I, I just think it's part it's part of a larger call. I don't think video games are to blame, but there is a, a tendency in American culture to kind of glorify violence and glorify guns specifically. And it's just weird to me. Like there we we should have them. Okay, like we don't have to fetishize them though. That that's what I mean by that. I I got you. I mean part of my job is I sell guns. I hate it. It's like the worst thing. It's the one thing about my job I actually do hate. Whenever someone is inquiring about a weapon, I got to sell it. Fucking the, the, the qualms of retail. Um, and I can finally speak up on this, being someone who has sold many of people, you know, rifles, because it's, like I said, part of my job. Um, it's easy. It is so easy to get a gun. Uh, I question it's it's not a question of the person you're buying it from it is the the the, the company or whoever whomever is doing these checks and, and whatnot I mean part of it is on me because I uh, you know part of my when I when I spend that 20 to 25 minutes with someone because you know it's kind of a lengthy process but that's all because of all you know fancy paperwork and shit like that that we got to go through and 
entering information, making sure it's all making sure it's all correct, all that bullshit. Um, but I, I just I've always felt that it's easy to get a gun. I don't want to make it sound like it's like the easiest thing in the world because you still have to go through you know quite a process. But I question that process. You know, I question what it actually looks into because I don't know what it looks into. I put in the information, they put in their information, and the, the manager comes over, puts in their information. And we stand there and wait for it to take a background check and for us to come back with the result. How long does that take? Thirty seconds. <laughs> it's 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 like really it's it it should be I don't know something doesn't make sense with that. I've always felt weird about that, and so you know part of my job also is um just in that time that I'm spending with them, you know it's a body language. I've, I've got to like know who I'm selling this to. Is this person buying this for protection? Are they buying it for hunting? Because most of the people where I sell guns or where I work, it's it's out there in the woods. You know, it's it's the hunting season, I guess, is coming around or will be coming around, so they got to stock up on their ammo and shit and get their guns for the season. And so most of the people, I know the look, but like, you know, if someone's in a hurry or pushy or, or whatever, like, I question, what's your rush, dude? And that's what I kind of like. And I, I have turned people away for for just give me a bad vibe, you know. Um, so, you yes, you as the person selling the gun, that that's, you know, your job partially. But my main qualm or my main issue um, is, you know, the pro, is whom, whatever the system is, company, whatever I want to call it, that's doing this check, like, I feel I feel like that thirty seconds isn't enough. I feel like it should be longer. You know. Yeah, I, it blows my mind that you said that it only takes thirty seconds. I mean, you know, Justin mentioned it, and you know, I'm I'm far on one side on this issue. I I don't think all guns should be banned. I don't agree with that, but I don't think there should be any automatic weapons. I really do. I I think they should be illegal. I don't think there's any good reason that I anybody respect needs the hell it. out of that, Corey. I, you know, and my brother owns several automatic weapons. You know, I, I don't I think bad that. against anybody else that does own it, but I just think, I, I just don't think it's necessary. You know, I understand hunting and I understand personal protection, but you're not going to tell me you need an automatic weapon to protect yourself when a handgun or a rifle would do a similar job. And I mean, it just blows my mind with the background yeah. checks. It, it should it's, be so much harder to get a weapon. It, it's like the people I deal with all the time that come in, you know, we have a three box purchase maximum for ammunition and it pisses, it, you'd be surprised at how many people it pisses off. And then it's like, what you, what, what, wait, wait a minute here. Like you're getting three. What the fuck you need more than this for? Like, what are you getting pissy with me for? Come back tomorrow, get your next three boxes. Like I've never understood why people get upset. And again, that falls back into the whole vibe thing. It's like, I wish I could turn you away right now for, you know, because selling ammunition is a little bit different, unfortunately, you know, um, but because, but I, it just blows my mind how many people get pissed off when I tell them they can't buy, you know, let me get three of those and two of that. When I'm like, hold on, Bo, hold on, three, no matter, three each. I'm like, no, three, however many you want, whatever, you know, it could be two of that and one of that, one of that, one of that, one of that, three of that, doesn't matter. Three boxes is all you can walk out with in 24 hours. See, and that's, and that's a compromise. And that's one of the things that the right and the NRA will push back on. It's like, well, we should be able to buy as many boxes as we want. 
Fuck no. You don't need all of it. I technically I agree. No, you should be able to because some people just like to get get drunk and go out in the woods and shoot their guns off. Like, you know, not everybody lives in a city. So I think you gotta treat some areas different ways. That's why like federal laws can be tricky sometimes. But um in theory, I agree. Like there shouldn't like you should Three boxes of ammo should be fine. No assault rifles, no automatic weapons. But again, I'm not a gun guy. But from right. what I hear from gun people, they're always like, well, you can ban a, uh, automatic weapons tomorrow and I can take a normal rifle and with a few modifications, turn it into an automatic rifle. So I don't know enough to dispute that or argue that one way or the other. Mm-hmm. The big problem is lobbyists. And then, like I said, the NRA. Now, I know some very nice. My father-in-law used to belong to the NRA. I know some very nice people who belong to the NRA and and believe in, like, gun safety and gun training. Right. And uh, the NRA as a, a lobbying group and as a, a national organization are extremists. And I think that's the problem. No offense, again, to any NRA members. I'm not talking about individual members. Um there's going to be a big NRA convention in Texas this week, like three or four days after the shooting. Jesus Christ, you're kidding me. No, I mean, it was planned ahead of time. I know that, but the fucking odds. Right, right. And if they had some taste, they would maybe bump it a week. But I have a feeling one or two, they're going to use it as an excuse. They're going to use it as an excuse to push more guns and armed teachers and armed guards at school and all of that. So, and I'm not making an argument for or against any of that. That's not what I'm here to do. The problem is, is the money involved that gun manufacturers, and I don't think gun dealers or gun manufacturers should get sued after a shooting. They're doing, they're producing a product that's legal to produce and the, uh, and the sellers are selling a product that's legal to sell, assuming they're doing it on the up and up. They should not be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the undue influence, that's why we can't get any kind of middle ground on any kind of gun regulation, because there's a lot of money going to a certain certain segment of our government to say, keep it legal across the board. Don't give in on ammo. Don't give in on gun stocks. That's the kind of little things they do give in on to make it seem like they did something. But that's why you're just not going to see anything change. Money is more important. Like, you know, it's a numbers game. In, in 10 years, two elementary schools have been shot up. And I guess these people figure that the millions, if not billions of dollars that they made in that same time frame is more important than, you know, a couple dozen dead kids. As grim as it is to say, that's the reality. That's why we're here in this place right now. Yeah, it's very yep. sad that that's the case. And, you know, the, the last thing I wanted to say was one thing I hate, it gets brought up a lot, and I hate, I hate, I hate this argument, is a lot of the extremists on the gun side will say, well, the guns aren't the issue, it's mental health issue. And that's true mm. to an extent. It absolutely it is. is a mental health but issue not, as well. It is, but it's not the full issue. But it's not the full issue. I hate that argument of, well, you can't, you could take all the guns out of the house and, you know, there's still a mental health issue. Yeah, but if you make it a lot harder to get them or nearly impossible to get certain ones, it makes it a lot different. And that person that maybe has a mental health issue maybe doesn't kill 19 people. Maybe the you know maybe they get help you know you don't know that I I just hate that argument of well it's a mental health issue so it's nothing on our side we can't change anything you know I think nuance the, is important 
you know. Mm-hmm. And the right. mass the mass shootings only account for like a percentage of the gun deaths in this country every year, like a small percentage. It's oh, like yeah. it's day to day gun violence that gets the numbers so high. So they're not all mental health cases, you know. It's crimes of passion, and somebody got too drunk, or right. you know, drug dealing related. There's a myriad of reasons why there's gun violence in this country. It's not just the mass shootings get all the attention nationwide, but this shit goes on every day. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we move on, does anybody else want to add anything to this? I've said everything I need to say. I've, I've said my piece. Anybody yeah. Else? Sorry. If, uh, no, 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 no. Don't apo- do not apologize. Motherfucker. You, I, I, everything you said, I, re- if you know, I don't agree with all of it. I respect the hell out of it. And so should a listener. Uh, Corey, anything? Uh, other than the fact that, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to everybody, uh, all the families affected uh, in the shooting. I mean, I'm a parent and, I, you know, my kid's not in school yet, but I'll be honest, that's something I think about. Like, it, it honestly keeps me up at night because you hear about and see so many of these shootings. I'm honestly worried when I send my kid to school, you know, and that's pretty sad. It is like that in this country, you know. So, but anyway, my daughter, my, um, I just wanted to say my thoughts and prayers and my deepest sympathy to all the families. I'm so fucking sorry. It's such a tragedy. Yeah. My daughter was in a field, was on a field trip today. She went to Gettysburg with her class. And, um, the moment I saw, you know, with the, the, the news headline flash on my phone, I just immediately texted my daughter. I love you with three hearts. That's what I always do, you know, because I just think of her when shit like that happens. And, uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm a parent too, like I said. And I, 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 I can't even imagine what these people, you know, there's 18 families tonight, at least, who are just going through the fucking absolute worst. And just like you, Corey, I echo everything you said in my hearts, everything just with them. And, before we move on, because unfortunately, you know, we can't keep this conversation going forever. Um, I just want to have uh, just just 10 seconds just of silence. All right, so moving on. Um, so... You guys remember Law Abiding Citizen? Vaguely. Gerard Butler, okay. right? Jamie Foxx. Gerard Butler yeah. and Jamie Foxx, yeah. That's yeah. right. Well, I don't know if you guys have seen Law Abiding Citizen, um, but it ends, you know, pretty rock solid. It's got a pretty concrete ending, in my opinion. It's a good movie. I really do enjoy that film. It took me by surprise like 12, 13 years ago when it came out and I first saw it. But anyway, um, oddly enough, a sequel's been announced this week. Uh, <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Uh, so, screenwriter, and this my source from this article is Joe Blow, whose source is Deadline. Screenwriter Kurt Wimmer is returning to pen the script for the sequel while Gerard Butler and his uh, G-based partner, Alan Siegel, are on board as producers. Storyline is being kept extremely under wraps, but one has to wonder where the story will go. So, I... Two things to this. Number one, spoiler alert, Gerard Butler's character Clyde is dead. Very dead. You ain't coming back from that death. Um, Maybe it's his bogus journey. Maybe that's the sequel. 
And number two, I doubt Jamie Foxx is going to come back to this. I really do. Um, I mean... Yeah, hasn't Butler been in some directive Redbox type stuff lately? His like, career's been like, up and down, but it, but I don't know yeah. if you remember the ending to it, Justin. He's fucking dead, dude. I've he never gets, seen. He's dead as oh, shit. Oh, he's fucking dead as <laughs> shit. He's dead as Dillinger, dude. Um, There's no gray area. No, there's not. There's not. And 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 F Murray, F Gary Gray made damn sure that that yeah we know that he's gone. So yeah, dude. I don't know where to go from this. I mean, the uh, first one did make some money. Not like huge bank. It had a fifty nine fifty three million dollar budget, and worldwide it brought back one hundred twenty seven point nine million. So I mean, it made like if I were to put money on or a figure on it about. Around 20, 20 million it made for uh, that company. That's even Christ. The company that released this film is no longer in business. I re- I do know that Overture Films. That's the name. So yeah, um, I don't know. This movie, this sequel, just screams Redbox or or Netflix or yeah. or or just similar story but different character or actors or whatever you know what i'm saying like universal pictures will put out like fucking five jarhead films you probably never knew that you know it's just it's what happens it's what companies do they they go back to these movies that they have in their little playpen and they're like "Hmm, remember this this made a little this made us some money we're now in the law-abiding citizen universe (laughs) cinematic universe we might as well be at this point, Christ. Um, I was never like I was never a big fan of like the mid-budget adult thriller. Like I'm trying to think. I, to me, it seems like Fatal Attraction might have been the first one or like the first big one that kicked kind of the trend off. And then the early to mid '90s, there was a bunch of them, and I just was never a fan. But for some reason, like in the past two months, I've been going back and watching a bunch of them. Um, I think I, I recommended on here was unlawful entry is one of them. Yeah. Um, I just I, watched ransom with Mel Gibson the other night. I like saw I've that. been going back. Yeah. Like all those thrillers. And it's like, I kind of like, them. like, they're not great, but they're, you know, it's a way to kill two hours. Like I'm not asking for that two hours. Back. Uh, Justin, you know what a good one of those is that um, I always have liked is breakdown with Kurt Russell. That one's a pretty yes, good one. Yeah, I was thinking that's that a legit good movie. Hang on a minute. Hang on. That's a legit movie. I wouldn't put that yeah. in a category with like budgets and I don't know. It's a mid-budget like, like break, uh, adult. Yeah, it, it fits into that category. Yeah. Oh. My wife actually turned me on this. She was always a fan of that and she put it on one night. And I was kind of like, eh, I never wanted to watch this and I ended up being really into it by the end. Yeah, I saw that one at uh, North Point Theaters. Good stuff. All right. So moving on from that, um, I can confirm, well, this is kind of like a two-part article. Well, not really an article. Uh, first part, first bit is I just want to let people know that I'm kind of done providing Fast 10 and Scream 6 news and shit like that. I feel like y'all Oh, come better. on, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hearing you talking about the whole Scream shit last week on the episode. But by the way, good stuff hosting last week. Um, but no, I was like, I kind of get the feeling that I'm just kind of like forcing this shit and people don't give a fuck. Maybe just keep like a tab and then just it like do like a bunch at once or something. Like, you know, yeah. just get like four or five tidbits together and then we'll just wait and announce announce it all together. 
All that being said, the Halloween Ends trailer is going to be attached to the Black Phone next month because it's June, it's Universal, it's Blumhouse, and we have got to get that marketing campaign rolling because before you know it, it's going to be Halloween season again. Halloween Ends is going to be right around the corner. So... I do know that much, though. That wasn't really just me pulling that out of my ass. It is actually going to be attached to the the black phone, which comes out like in a couple weeks. I'm excited. So, yep. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Hopefully, it's you know something vague, like the trailer they showed last month at CinemaCon, which was just like much to nothing. Hopefully, I don't. I don't know. I'm curious as to what kind of mask he's gonna have because I do know that uh, Christopher Nelson is redoing the mask. But then again, he does all the masks from scratch. So, I don't know. We'll see. Did Michael Myers get a new mask? Or is it still the burnt mask? We'll find out in four months. These are the tough questions we uh, answer here on the film effect. <laughs> I know, right? Alright, um, I told you guys, slow news week. So, Jaws actor Jonathan Cyril just became chief of police on the island where the classic film Jaws was. Um, it, he just became chief of police at uh, Martha's Vineyard in real life. Um, <laughs> I, saw oh, yeah, this I, saw on, I saw this on Joe Blow, and I was just like, eh, it's a slow news week. So Jonathan Cyril was like one of the little boys in the movie. He was the kid with the, the, the cardboard fin. I was going to say, I don't know who the fuck he is, but it's cool yeah, for no, him. Yeah, he's like one of the little kids. Um, but yeah. That's um. That's all I got on that. And also, it's it's, it's, a, it's kind of a good segue to let people know that uh, we are going to be covering Jaws. When do I have that on the schedule? Jaws is going to be our July Fourth episode, ironically enough. So, for those of you curious as to when we're going to be doing the classic Jaws, this this is uh your first warning, your your first heads up <laughs> or whatever. July Fourth. So uh, tagline's going to be: We're going to need a bigger show. That's right. I like that. <laughs> Tra- trademark that shit. Patent pending. Um, you know what? I, and I, f- I feel like, look, all this shit with Bruce Willis, I feel like, I, I, f- I feel like hitting that Bruno music one more time, just for good measure. Because <laughs> I, I got some Bruce Willis news. Secret. Um, his final film is Paradise City that he filmed last year. It's a a reunion of sorts between him and John Travolta. So this is what, uh, you know, it's going to be good with them too. (laughs) Yeah. It's got John Travolta, Bruce Willis and, um, uh, Steven, um, Jesus Christ. 20 minutes later. Dwarf. Steven Dorf. I knew, I, I knew I'd get it out. I thought your it fucking only brain took me melted. 20 seconds. I thought your brain melted. <laughs> it kind of was. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, what's the, what is this? So Bruce Willis is playing a character named Ryan Swan. <laughs> what the fuck kind of name is God, that? you shitting me. <laughs> Don't Ryan look at Swan. me, Swan. He's a. 
is a renegade bounty hunter, is there any other kind, who must carve his way through the Hawaiian crime world in order to seek vengeance on a crime kingpin played by John Travolta. I'm just imagining Travolta <laughs> breaking out his fucking hairpiece from the Punisher. He's going to be um, like Hawaiian and be like, all right, brother. <laughs> 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 Are you doing your fucking Pauly Shore Pinocchio fucking... <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you were doing that for a second. Um, <laughs> so Travolta just so happened to have murdered Bruce Willis's father. Um, Deadline is said that it's supposed to be similar to Miami Vice, which Bruce Willis, oddly enough, was a part of, except for bounty hunters instead of cops. And, uh, yeah... Oh, it's directed by Chuck Russell. So the guy who directed Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Mask, The Blob, Eraser, and The Scorpion King is directing Bruce Willis. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bruce Willis' final film. Write that down. So that's coming hey, I'll out. I'll tell you what. I like Chuck Russell's work enough that I will check it out based on his being, uh, you know, his directing it alone. Now, I know Chuck Russell you know, 30 years after the fact, don't hold out high hopes, but it's like that, um, that Walter Hill movie I watched the other day, the assignment. Oh God. <laughs> I watched, well, I watched it based on the description, but Walter Hill was the thing to kind of put it over the top mm-hmm. for me. Right. Like all right, Walter Hill hasn't done anything good since if you're being generous, at least the mid nineties, I would argue before that, but let's say the mid nineties. So, you don't expect much out of him in 2017, which is when the movie came out. And I mean, it wasn't good, but it was entertaining enough. And there was some like Walter Hill touches to it that, that made it interesting. So you, you just never know. Chuck Russell's doing it based on the blob. Um, I'll check it out. No love for Elm street three. Yeah, I'm, so I was trying to think. I was like, I know there's another one. Be yeah, based on Elm Street three and the Blob. Yes, actually, I, I like Elm Street three more than the Blob. So yes, yes, based on the based on those two alone, um, you know. Speaking of Walter Hill, I picked up that Extreme Prejudice the other day. It's on my. Did you vo- watch it? It's on my Voodoo. I have not watched it yet. No, damn it! I should have watched it yesterday when I was kicking around shit to watch. Fuck. I've rewatched it. I just bought it like about a month and a half, two months ago, and I watched it. I didn't love it. Like, it's not bad. But I'm going to watch I don't it know, tomorrow, I guess. There's I'll watch like tomorrow this new, Yeah, it's become like a new cult classic, and I'm not... I, I, I want to be on that bandwagon, but I'm just not. I, I'll, you know, I'll watch it again, and hopefully I'll come around to it. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll, t- I'll watch it tomorrow morning, because tomorrow night after work, I'm, I got tickets, or a ticket, because I'm going by myself to see men. I'm finally going to go check that out. And then... Um, oh, yeah. Because I forgot that came out last week. so Yeah, I did too. And then Thursday, of course, like I said, I'm seeing Top Gun. So, all right. Yeah, it's funny. I, I was saying earlier, I was talking about uh, Tony Scott's Revenge. Watch Extreme Prejudice. And if you're not in love with that, or even if you are in love with it, watch Tony Scott's Revenge soon after. Because in my mind, Revenge is the movie that Walter Hill always wanted to make and just never quite got there. I, I think it's... It's very much in his vein, but um, with, you know, Tony Scott visuals. It's, it's really, really good. All right. And I see it's on Pluto TV, Revenge. Awesome. So I'll check it yeah, out that watch. way. Good for you, Pluto. 
Alright guys, let's uh, let's move on to coming attractions. Coming soon to theaters. Uh, let's talk first about that Mission Impossible trailer. of fighting for the so-called greater good are over. This is our chance to control the truth, the concepts of right and wrong for everyone for centuries to come. You're fighting to save an ideal that doesn't exist. Never did. You need to pick a side. I'm talking about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 as a long fucking title for a movie. <laughs> um, what'd you guys think, first and foremost? I am excited. I fucking love the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, to me, the Mission Impossible movies is like the adult franchise and the Fast and the Furious is for like the fucking teenagers. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just super pumped. Like the Mission Impossible, I'm a fan of all of them in certain ways. But it just gets better every movie. It just gets better, it seems like, uh, ever since the third one. It just seems like it stacks and stacks, and it just gets a little better, and Tom Cruise tries to kill himself just a little bit more each movie, you know, <laughs> which I appreciate. You know, say what you will about uh, the man's personal life, but he fucking gives it his all to entertain us. So, you know, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pumped. Like, I, I don't even need to see the trailer. I'll be there. You know, I'll see it. I fucking love the last uh, Mission Impossible. I forget the subtitles, but... Um, Fallout was the last one. Fallout, yeah. I, I, I love that shit. Like, that, the whole ending sequence was great. And this one looks cool. It looks like it's got some train shit, obviously. It's got the big shot of uh, him going off of the cliff, off of the motorcycle. Like, it just looks Yeah, amazing. is that his big stunt for the film? Or are they holding off on showing us that? Because I, like, I feel like this was more of a tease. Because the film, you gotta remember, the film doesn't come out until next July. This We still got like fucking 15 months before this movie comes out. I was shocked when that, because it leaked. I, I sent you guys the, um, or I sent you guys the the, the, the trailer this weekend in two parts because I, I snapshot it on my phone or, or recorded it on my phone because I knew it was going to get ripped or taken down. But then 
it officially came out uh, Monday. So, um, I felt, you know, I, I'm excited because Mission Impossible. Uh, I wish I could say I've loved each one more and more. Unfortunately, I am not a fan of, of Rogue Nation at all. I think that's the worst of the batch. And yes, that includes Mission Impossible 2. Um, <laughs> Mission Impossible 2 Honestly, is I, 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 thought, I thought Rogue Nation was extremely fucking boring. Like, coming off of Gross Protocol and Mission Impossible 3, like, how dare you do that to me? Uh, but no, uh, the, the Fallout there redeemed itself, for sure. Um, but yeah, the... It, it, I often forget that the first film was directed by Brian De Palma. The first movie <laughs> of this fucking series is a De Palma film. That's crazy. Yeah, they were all a different sort of name director up until McGuire took over. And he's done what the past, th- this will be the third one, right? He's done. He started with my, my fucking Rogue Nation. Go figure. Rogue Nation. He, he did fall out, and then he did this one, and presumably the next one he's, too. And right? the next one, obviously, because they filmed them together. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because and uh, that, that reminds like so are, is this the are they wrapping the series up? Is that why yes. they're doing a two parter? This is like, the okay. last. Yeah, this is the last, or these are the last, I should say rather. Um, and I do believe that too, uh, especially since you know. <laughs> Cruise pretty much controls this fucking franchise, and if they're announcing yeah. this being the last, then this is probably Cruise saying, "Guys, I'm done." Um, I know they're making more and more money, but I'm getting older, and you know these stunts are starting to take a toll. I guess it's probably an age thing, yeah. or he's going to kill himself yeah. on screen in the second part. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I, 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 I'm sorry, go on, Justin. I, I like the uh, Mission Impossible movies, but I'm sick of seeing Tom Cruise doing almost nothing but Mission Impossible movies. I actually like Tom Cruise as an actor a lot, and I, I want to see him going back, well, now uh, go back to, to do, doing those kind of movies rather than just always trying to top himself with another action blockbuster. I, I, I like that shit. Don't get me wrong. But mix in a Magnolia every now and then. He doesn't seem to do that anymore. Well, you'll be able to as of 2025. <laughs> Great, because that'll be when he's that'll be once you know he's fucking done wrapped up with these movies, um, but yeah. But well, he's got the one where he's going to space too, right? He hasn't done that one yet. Like they're they're actually going to film it in outer space. Uh, they're doing that. Yeah, you can hear about it. I think it's done. No, I know what it is. I thought it was canceled though for some reason. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember hearing about it get canceled. I, I thought that that was something that they were still on for. Hey, maybe, man. I, maybe. But getting back to the you know the base of the conversation, the trailer here, I felt. Look, I'm excited. Obviously, like I said, it's Mission Impossible, and of course, this knowing that this is the first part of the you know presumably the last of the series, you know it's going to be fucking huge. But I did not get that impression watching this trailer. Now, granted, like I said, we're like 15 months out, so of course this is your basic teaser. It's kind of a long trailer for a teaser, but. More or less, it, it overall it looks grounded. Now I don't know if that's just the way they, you know, portrayed the, the trailer for us, or if that's just the movie in general. Like maybe look at Dead Reckoning as the calm before the storm, and Part Two being like the fucking end game of this franchise. Um, who knows? I mean, I know the films are both a year out, so this, I, I'm, you know, this was fine. So. 
I'm going to be there, you know, regardless, because it's Mission Impossible, and, you know, they have been uh, without, with the exception of that, you know, Rogue Nation shit, they have been getting better, so, and like I said, Fallout did make up for that bad film, so I was really happy with Fallout. What was Rogue, what was the plot of Rogue Nation? Why am I spacing on that? It was basically the first part of, of Fallout. You can look at Rogue Nation and Fallout as a part one and two film. Because um, it sets up that, um, what's his name? Sean. Um, ah, I'm drawing a blank. The fucking villain that the actor who played him. It's Sean. Uh, yeah, I, I can picture him, but I don't remember his name either. I'm, I don't, I maybe didn't, I've never seen Rogue Nation. Uh, Sean, Sean Harris. Sean Harris. Uh, Rogue Nation was the first film with Rebecca Ferguson. It was like the big stunt for that one was him skydiving out of like the fucking it was like the night vision like headset that he had and he actually oh, skydove. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a stunt that involved him like going underwater and holding his breath for like fucking three or four yeah, minutes. Yeah, the water is what I remember because like he had to like he couldn't go in with air or whatever and it was like yeah. fucking spinny fans and shit. Right, I mean, right, right. I, I remember that. I don't know. I thought it was good. I'm, I'm surprised you feel that strongly about it. I'm not saying it's the best. I mean, to me, Fallout was the best, but uh, it was still pretty good. It just did not connect with me, man. I don't know what it was about it. I just got bad vibes from the movie. I was not a fan. Sorry. I mean, it happens. Um, so, you know. Um, anything else before we move yeah. on? I thought I just had one nope. thought, like, you know, Justin was saying that like he wanted to see Tom Cruise and uh, smaller stuff. I'm just, like, thinking to myself, is he going to become the new Bruce Willis and just, like, start doing all these fucking other movies? Like, just these red box movies once he's done. He's like, I'm done Mission oh, Impossible. <laughs> Let's do Mummy Revenge and fucking, you know, whatever else. Like, Cocktail Part 2. Yes. I can't see him going that route. Nah. He, he, he's got too much fucking like uh pride for his uh image for that but i i don't know i just thought it'd be funny i still can't believe he did the fucking mummy that's all i gotta say all right moving on um (laughs) so netflix released the trailer for the up-and-coming uh russo brothers film the gray man with uh chris uh what's his name what's captain america's name Uh, chris evans Evans. evans I don't know what it is tonight. Fucking brain fart. That uh, guy, and, Ryan, um, Ryan uh, Gosling. Ryan, Gosling. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. What do you know about the Sierra program? Reckless mystery men you guys send in when you can't officially send anyone else. The gray men. Lloyd. I got an urgent locate and destroy. That could be fun. The man's got some street cred. I mean, my ego's a little bruised. I have something they really want. What's your gut? It's gonna be my funeral you're going to next. You wanna make an omelet? You gotta kill some people. You must be Lloyd. What gave it away? The trash stash. It just, it leans Lloyd. Easy. 
put a hit so big on your boy's head that even his most loyal allies won't hesitate to drop a dime. Every grade-A wet team from here to Reggie will be vying for the prestige of killing the infamous Sierra Six. I can kill anybody. Maybe not anybody. This, if I'm not mistaken, this is Gosling's first movie in how long? Yeah, I've never seen him in a while. I think that I'm, I'm pulling up his filmography as we're speaking. This, since First Man. So it's been four years. Not about. Yeah, that was four years ago. Yeah, 2018, first man. And then before that, he had Blade Runner, Song the Song, yeah. and then La La Land. So yeah, it's been four years. Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie, this 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 didn't do nothing for me. I mean, th- my impression for this trailer was been there, done that. I want to be surprised, and this just did not do it for me. Like especially for like how hype this movie's been, um, I don't know. And it also it also brings up the conversation about Netflix and and movies and whether or not they should have like a small like I know they're giving this film like a one week limited theatrical run, sort of like they did with Irishman, um, and and such. But I don't know. I feel like a movie that this big, it's 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 being marketed as their most expensive movie. And I'm like, really coming off the yeah, Michael Bay like, film? Yeah. Um, but no, three hundred million was it? Maybe I thought it was two. Maybe, maybe it is three. I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's the most expensive movie. I did not get that vibe from this trailer. First of all, and second, um, I, I I don't know. Like, has um, I don't know, man. Has Ana de Armas been in enough? Like I think I've seen her in just everything. She's just she's in every fucking movie coming out, dude. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she's taking so, over, man. I don't know. Um, I just I I expected more from it. I guess. Um, I don't know. You Billy Bob Thornton. I was happy to see Billy Bob. I'll tell you that much. And I know <laughs> that. Um, I know Julia Butters is in this movie. Yeah, I saw her name in the credits. Yeah, but she's not in the trailer unless they just quickly flashed through her just like uh, I don't recall seeing Jessica Henwick in the trailer either and she's got fourth bill no. so you know that's my impression guys would you think Corey start with you uh, I mean the trailer looks okay but it, again it's just the beginning trailer like I'm excited based more on the fact of obviously the actors involved but mainly also the Russo brothers because I love Captain America uh, Winter Soldier. Like, that's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Like, I think that movie works well just on its own. Like, you know, I I just love the whole spy thriller thing uh, that they were doing with that film. Uh, So I'm definitely excited uh, for this one. Um, Because, you know, I'm not a big Captain America fan, and that movie won me over. And it wasn't because of Captain America or anything like that. It was because, I think, of their direction and just the way they handled shit. So uh, if they can do the same stuff in this movie, I'm sure it'll be entertaining. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Chris Evans' mustache. You know, I'll say that. He's rocking that fucking crustache in that (laughs) trailer. So, 
but I'm excited for it. I think it looks pretty good. We'll see. Uh, Justin? Yeah, I mean, Corey kind of hit it, hit the points that I would hit. Um, it, it Same thing. The actors are interesting. I, I've become a Brian Gosling fan. He's somebody I didn't want to like at first. And he just won me over. Like, I like his movies. I even, have you ever seen that movie he directed, uh, Lost River? Love it. I, had, I love that. I own that movie. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I bought it. Fucking I great. It so much. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, in, not, not as good as either of these, but it's like David Lynch directing Gummo, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's got a, it's like a weird mishmash of things that I wouldn't have expected from Ryan Gosling. Yeah, that um, was, uh, Eva Mendes' last film, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, she hasn't been around in a while either. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see Emma like Chris Evans. But uh, like Corey said, I'm excited. I, I like the Russo brothers. I'm excited to see what they do. That's not a Marvel movie. That that's like the biggest selling point of all for me is the to see what else they got in them. So um, the guys obviously can direct action. So um, I'll you know I'll watch it when it comes on. Um, all right, well, let's talk about the last trailer that dropped this week that, uh, I don't know, felt like talking about Thor, Love and Thunder. Kids, get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take. Am I uh, sensing feelings? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> the only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I was going to say, that was very, very impressive what you did back there. It's just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. You are not like the other gods of Kilm. Because I have something worth fighting for. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise. And flick. Oh, you flick too hard, damn it! Shall we help him? And eventually, grape. Did you guys shut the new one out? The new, yeah. the new, 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 new trailer. I feel like we just saw the last trailer, and now all of a sudden we got this new trailer. Um, yeah, I was surprised when you said there was a new one out. I'm like, didn't it just come out? Um, but it, yeah, I mean, you get a lot of different. Night. Yeah, you get a lot of different stuff in this one. More Color, Natalie Portman's character. Color me intrigued. 
Yeah. No pun, pun, yeah. pun intended, actually, for the the word color, because that all that shit with Christian Bale and the black and white color aspect just has me just, ah, oh, I can't wait, man. Christian Bale, fucking, he just looks scary, you know? And the fact that it's just, it's Taika Waititi coming back, and I, knowing what he's capable of after seeing Ragnarok, it's like, dude, and this, this trailer gave me just total Ragnarok vibes, so... If, if it's anything like that, then, you know, we're in good hands. And, of course, got the Guardians, minus Gamora, of course. But, you know, it, everything about this trailer, this new one, just... Okay. Most of the things about this trailer looks... Just tells me, buckle up. Then they show that fucking mask. Oh, fuck me. That looks terrible. The, the, did you, you know what I'm but, talking about? The, the actual full but, mask that he wears and she when he's like, Jane! And it, it shows... It's a weird cut, too, because, like, he goes for the, his hammer and he's not wearing the mask. He's actually wearing a different outfit entirely. And then the way the, the trailer is put together, the hammer flies back into Jane's hands. She poses. And then he just goes... Jane wearing the mask in a different fucking he's wearing apparently his thunder costume and he's got this goofy looking mask I don't know it other than that the rest of the trailer fuck yeah Christian Bale fuck yeah element the uh, the um what's his face the rock guy narrating the shit fuck yeah like I just, the, the whole thing just gets check marks all the way down except for that one little part that I was talking about well you um, know who does the rock guy's voice right it's Taika. I yeah, know. yeah, it's him. I, and and I'm my, pretty sure he does the body motion, too. Yeah, and in my opinion, yeah, he took, like, to me, the worst Marvel franchise, which was Thor, because the first one was mediocre at best, and the, the Thor the Dark World... was fine. Yeah, the Dark World one was, like, in my opinion, probably the worst Marvel movie. Like, I've only seen, seen it, it twice, and it was Never horrible. It. Like, mm. Loki was the only... Re- Thor and Loki were the only redeeming factors in that movie at all right so he just took it and turned it into one of my favorites because ragnarok i think i only went and saw it because i had like a voucher that was expiring soon at mm-hmm. lowe's and i had to use it so we went and saw ragnarok and i was just floored so you know i'm a huge fan and jojo rabbit was awesome so yeah he can do no wrong in my book right now so i'm pumped for it justin yeah, it looks good. Ragnarok, you know, was awesome, obviously. So if he can do more of that, I'm on board with it. Um, again, I agree with Corey. I was not a fan. Like, I don't hate the second one as much as most people do. In fact, there's a few moments in it that I really like. I don't like the whole thing as, as you know, I don't like the whole movie, but there's a few individual moments. Um, I thought the first one was, I like the first one even less than the second one. I just thought it was very bland. Um, so I was not interested in the Thor franchise or, or the Thor character. And actually I liked them in the Avengers movies, but I was, I was never excited for another Thor solo movie. And, um, you know, they found the the right director for the material kind of like when the Russo brothers took over the Captain America franchise, it's like they found the right people for it. And, and that's, that's what Marvel seems to need. It, It seems to need the right director who who gets who has the sensibility and, and gets the material and, and makes it fun and not a slog. I, those first two Thor movies are a slog. 
Doctor Strange. That's what I saw a couple weeks ago that had that Top Gun preview. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> I knew it would come back to me. Um, yeah, Justin, I agree with everything you and you, Corey, with everything you guys are saying about, you know, the, the film and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, just like this and The Gray Man, I forgot to mention, they come out in July. Like, this is actually coming out July 4th weekend. So, these, these, the, that's kind of why I'm surprised the gray man, we've waited this long to show us something. But, you know, it's going it's, it's, to it, kind of respond to what you were talking about earlier about the film or the, the trailer, Corey. Um, I, I would kind of argue that this was far from a teaser. This was a full length trailer um, for the gray man because, like I said, the film is coming out in like a month and a half. So, we got to get the ball rolling on these uh, the marketing for this shit. So, and that's kind of also why we're seeing these back-to-back Thor trailers because it's a Marvel property, and they've got like a very you know it's it's because of their the schedule and, and movies and, and lineup and stuff. And it's like I, I guess they had to like carefully plan this the first trailer around Doctor Strange's release because they you know they str- strategically planned this shit, and then here we are. It debuted last night. The second trailer. It, it was like there was a big sports game happening last night, and it, it debuted as part of that. <laughs> a big so. sports game. <laughs> sports ball. I was watching there the was. sports ball. They scored. If, a if point. it wasn't baseball and it wasn't football, it was I wasn't NBA. watching it. Therefore, I don't. It, it, pff, there you go. <laughs> if Andrew was on here this week, then yeah, he'd be all over that shit. But unfortunately, he's not. All right then. Let's move on to Physical Media Roundup. We got a few announcements this past week. Today, Paramount announced a couple of catalog titles that are coming out on August 16th, which is my birthday. One of which is Coneheads is finally getting, fucking finally, Coneheads is getting a Blu-ray release. Would you like some chewing gum? <laughs> so, um, and also, speaking of Paramount, Kino Lorber, they signed a new deal that was announced this week with Paramount Pictures. The deal will include 65 new titles, new meaning, brand new to Blu-ray. Uh, three Paramount renewals and three CBS renewals. Not quite sure what that means, but seventy-one total. Does renewals inclu- mean that they uh, like can keep selling a property? Is that what you think it means? Or I'm assuming that I guess that's what that means. Yeah, three for Paramount, three for CBS, seventy-one total, and this also includes 4K UHD titles. Um, more info to be announced, and then the final the and then the following day. This was last Thursday and Friday. Uh, Kino announced coming soon to 4K UHD. Um, Tropic Thunder with a brand new HDR Dolby Vision Master by Paramount Pictures. First time on 4K. Of course, it's been released a couple of times on Blu-ray. Uh, but yeah, Kino Lorber has got a Paramount deal and they're breaking bread by releasing Tropic Thunder for, for, for the first time on 4K. Oops, sorry. For the first time in 4K. What do you guys think? 
Oddly enough, I think that's one comedy that will really benefit from HDR just because of obviously the setting and the whole, you know, gimmick of it's an action. They're shooting an action movie. So I don't know. I, I think it'll look interesting. I mean, I have it on Blu-ray. Am I going to upgrade? Probably not. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good move for that movie in particular. I'll pick it up. I have it on Blu-ray too, but I'm, I'm gonna definitely going to pick it up. I mean, I love everything Kino's doing, of course, but... You know, like you said, Corey, the Tropic Thunder is going to look amazing in 4K with that HDR coloring. Oh, my God. I can't fucking wait. Justin. Uh, yeah, I, I don't rebuy stuff that I already have and upgrade except for in very few exceptions. Um, but like Corey said, that's one that could that actually could look really good in an upgrade. I'm, I'm not going to buy it, but uh, I already own it. But yeah, it, it that that would definitely look good. If you don't have it, that's one I would recommend picking up. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about just the announcement in general, especially when it said new 4K titles, because I don't know about y'all, but there are two movies specifically that came to my mind when I saw this announcement. Uh, The first, Face Off. Fucking Face Off in 4K. Give it to me. Give it to me. Do you think they're like, I want the 4K off? Like, oh. Do you think that's what they're saying as they're transferring that's it? Right. That's right. Um, and with with the with some of these being new titles, I mean Paramount's got the keep. We ain't seen the keep on you know DVD or Blu-ray. Jesus, so. I'll just take a Blu-ray release on that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not talking about 4K. I'm talking about just regular straight up Blu-ray. Just give me the keep. I watched the keep. Uh, couple months ago when it was streaming it was funny i almost bought that a while back i think i found it was like it was like a dvd copy but it was like a but i i looked it up and it said it was like almost bootleg quality and it was expensive so i was like yeah i'm not gonna pick this up well the the, the movie doesn't the quality and you know even for what i watched you know it was a legit you know paramount source and it looks like dog shit it it does it looks god awful but it could definitely use apparently the issue with the keep has always come down to michael mann michael mann refuses to do anything with the movie because he just had a bad experience making it because paramount basically took over and forced him to you know just make a movie that he didn't want to make um i enjoy the keep but I like it for different reasons than Michael Mann. I'm a big fan of Tangerine's, Tangerine Dream score for that film in particular. And it's also, you know, one of like Gabriel Byrne's first films. Um, and it's, and, and uh, Scott Glenn in, in a weird as shit role, but I think he's pretty badass, especially the end. And even the fucking, the, the demon creature thing is uh, pretty bizarre. So, the, the Keep's got a lot of shit going for it, and this could definitely benefit from, you know, being finally restored if Michael Mann would just get off his ass and just accept shit, let it go, and fucking approve a revision and, and uh, you know, something. Give us something, because the movie is not as bad as what people make it out to be. It really is not. I just, I just don't get, like, this shit happened. Like, when did that movie come out? 40 years ago? Like 83. Get over this shit. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's been almost 40 <laughs> years. Get the fuck over it, man. You're getting old. I get it. But still, man, I love you. But God damn it. Release the keep. 
Yeah, if you're a movie fan, which you would presume a film director to be, you could understand the the curiosity that your average film fan, especially somebody like Michael Mann, who I'm sure is aware that he has a following, you know, so and there are people who are completists and would like to see that he can easily put it out and just go, look, just please understand that what you're seeing is not my intention. Right. Um, but I understand that as a fan, it's something that you want to see. So here you go. And Justin, he can um, easily do that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, to yeah, he could easily do no, that no. by, you know, agreeing to let, you know, I know it's not, you know, his call ultimately, but like, let's just say he wants to cooperate and, and contribute. And it's like, dude, there's so many fucking boutique labels out there that would just love to get their hands on this. Kino Lorber, first and foremost. Scream Factory would jump at the fucking dime. Vinegar Syndrome. There's a arrow. There's so many. And all he has to do, record a commentary track. And he can say yeah. everything he needs to in that hour and a half span. Because it's not a long movie at all. Just do a commentary track with it. You know? They would love to fucking have you on there to do a commentary track. Are you kidding me? That would be awesome. I guess. It ex- well, it I guess. It there. I guess what we're saying, uh, Mr. Man, if I can call you that, is uh, you can't keep it to yourself anymore. <laughs> hey <laughs> Mr. Man. Ba-da-ba. Oh, shit, that's great. All right, moving on. Uh, Warner Brothers announced uh, on July 5th they're releasing Edge of Tomorrow in 4K for the first time. Kind of curious as to what that's going to look like because I know they filmed that in 2K, so it's going to be an obvious upsource. Um, and yeah, released this week, X came out from Lionsgate on Blu-ray, uh, the, the Batman finally came out from Warner Brothers, 4K, Blu-ray, every format you can think of, uh, Arrow put out their 4K edition of Wild Things, um, curious to see that, picking that up tomorrow, actually, Scream Factory (laughs) put out Candyman and Life Force in 4K, Warner Brothers put out Malignant in 4K, Arrow released one bo- one armed boxer. Universal Studios put out both Uma and Studio Six Six Six. Vinegar Syndrome released Miami Connection, which is supposed to be one of the worst fucking cult films of the eighties. Oh, it's one of the best. That's what I meant by saying worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shout Factory is putting out Trekkies finally on Blu-ray, and uh, Showtime's releasing Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan the movie in both four K and Blu-ray. Um, yeah, that's the basic rundown. I heard. Uh, I heard the Batman's supposed to be really good looking. I heard that's supposed to be like fucking awesome. The 4K. I mean, the fucking the uh, the the um, HBO stream was in 4K and looked pretty good. Yeah, but it's tomato tomato. That's the the stream is never going to be as good as the uh, actual. I know disc. that. I know that. And you've been watching your fucking films at home. I know you. Um, uh, no, it's dude. It's it not films good. at home. It's just I can tell like when something's Blu-ray or stream. Like if you put it on in front of me, I guarantee you, probably nine times out of ten, I can tell you what's a stream and what's uh, a Blu-ray or a four K. Yeah. Sometimes, I'm not gonna argue about that. I'm really not <laughs> because you know, in my in my defense, Batman's a dark movie, so those things are easier on the eyes, I guess. Um, either way, pick it up, uh, or pick up 
want any of the many titles I just listed. So I know I'll be getting. I know you're things. excited about uh, Wild Things watching that Kevin Bacon dick. Yeah. Fuck 4K. yeah, man. <laughs> Check it out. Kevin's Bacon <laughs> in 4K, baby. Uh, I'm picking up Life Force. I'm picking up Candyman. I'm holding off on Malignant because Warner Brothers kind of pissed me off by doing this. They waited like five months after the Blu-ray came out to be like, oh yeah, 4K, we'll put it out there. It's weird, yeah. Why didn't and they just doing release it, it then? Be- I have no idea. And they're releasing this on their MOD line, which means they're pretty much like, there's no slip cover. It's pretty much, MOD stands for Movie On Demand. Uh, it's it's basically like they, they press it based on like a demand for the movie, if that makes sense. Um, it's weird. Like their whole entire like Warner archives is all MOD, and and it's twenty five dollars. And I'm like, you motherfuckers! Like I'm gonna wait till it's on sale and order it that way. It's not in stores. MOD releases also are like online orders only. Like you're not gonna see Best Buy stock up on any of them and shit. Which, whatever. Yeah, it'd be kind of oh, hard for them to print it there at the Best Buy if it was on <laughs> demand. Well, you can always print like you know. X amount and send them out that way, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it's like, come on, you already gave you guys 20 bucks from the Blu-ray, now you're doing this shit to me, you know, it's got a cool case, but there's no slipcover, so, anyway, and, and same features too, so, it's your typical studio bullshit, I'm kind of not surprised. Let's jump to Weekly Recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? Cool, you go first. Yeah, so my week has been interesting as far as movie watching. So, like, it started off, I watched Bad Boys 2 for our episode, part of the Bayhem month. So, obviously, I'm not going to recommend that because I fucking talked for two and a half hours about it already. Yeah. Um, And then (laughs) the week took a turn for the worse because it doesn't happen often where I watch a couple shitty... Uh, where I watch a couple shitty movies back to back, but I watched that uh, Firestarter because that was on Peacock, um, and I was mildly interested. I'm not a huge fan of the Drew Barrymore Firestarter, but I was like, eh, right, the trailer right, looked right. okay. And yeah, that movie is bordering on so bad it's good territory. Honestly, is it, is it really? I've I've heard mixed things. Actually, I've heard terrible things. It's, um, it's as bad as you would I think. Mean, the original is not even that great of a movie. Come on, no. guys. It's not, but the, it's bordering like on so bad was, it's good. Was, I mean, was Carpenter's score at least good? That was the best part about the movie. It was like I feel bad that they're wasting the score on this because, like, the film itself, like, it looks the part. Like, it's got that kind of eighties ish look. It's got the score. Like, it feels like a Stephen King eighties adaptation. Well, the problem I, is, you, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to cut you off. I, I've been doing that a lot this episode. Sorry guys, but I wanted to get this out. You know, why Carpenter was involved with this, right? It's I don't kind know. Of Cause a they gave him an extra it. box of smokes. So I don't well, know. No, because you know, cause he's got, he's in with, you know, pretty tight with, you know, the Blumhouse gang because of the Halloween films, but he was originally up to direct the first film, the original. He was supposed to direct it. Um, but then uh, I forgot what the fuck happened and he ended up doing Starman instead. But originally Carpenter was supposed to do this, or the original Firestarter. So well, any, anyway, so like it has the feel, it has the score 
And it feels like a Stephen King's 80s or 90s um, adaptation. But the problem is, it's a bad adaptation. So Stephen King is very hit or miss, and this is just... The the fucking batshit craziness and hilarity. I mean, I honestly laughed a couple times in this film, and I wasn't looking to do that. Like, honestly, I thought the movie looked okay. But it was... I mean, is there a lot? Is there at least a lot of Kurtwood Smith? No, that was the oh, d- most fuck. disappointing part. He was wasted. Uh, my assumption is um, that they want him back, you know, for a sequel. But I'm like, man, this ain't gonna get a sequel. Uh, it's just bad. Like the acting's bad, the plot and the writing is horrendous. Like the little girl is not bad actually. She's probably one of the best parts, other than the score. But anyway, so that was starting out my week, and then I watched. Um, God, what was the next movie now? I forget. Oh, yeah, the Resident Evil movie. And holy shit, that was a train wreck, if I've ever seen one. Um, Welcome to Raccoon City. I was excited. Paul Anderson is fucking gone. This actually has to do with the video games. They tried to actually have characters and have shit to do with the video games. I'm a huge fan of the old games. And this movie shit the bed. I mean, there was a couple good parts. Like, Donald Logue was in it for a little bit. So, you know, it wasn't all bad. But not a good fucking movie, especially the ending, the special effects. I think they made the movie for like 50 bucks because that's what it looked like to me. I mean, it was like fucking sci-fi, original quality special effects there at the end. And they turned one of my favorite characters in the whole series, Leon Kennedy, you know, from the second and fourth one, into a fucking incompetent moron in the movie. So it's just terrible, that movie. But then I did watch, and this is my recommendation for the week, to get back to it, I watched a movie called Mass, which is actually, um, it came to me, I never heard of it before, but I watched a Chris Stuckman video where he went through uh, his top films of last year, and that was at the top of his list, Mass, so I was interested in it, and it's basically, I'm not going to spoil anything, um, because it's kind of vague when you're watching the movie as to what happened, but it's basically just four um, parents in a room and there's a tragedy, and it's just four people in a room trying to hash it out and kind of move on from their, um, you know, from their tragedy. And it, I mean, it's not an easy watch. Like, this movie will destroy you emotionally. I mean, I'll be honest, I cried a couple times watching it, but it's totally worth it. I mean, the acting is spot on, all four of the characters. It has, um, it has uh, Martha Plimpton in it. It has Jason Isaacs um, in there, too. It has, I forget the other lady's name, Ann Dowd and Reed uh, Burnley. They're all great. Like, all four of the main characters give fantastic performances from uh, their line delivery to just the uh, facial expressions and just the way everything's done. The writing, so... This blew me away when I found this out. The writer and director of this film, Fran Krantz. For anybody who doesn't mm, remember that name, I know he's that the name. fucking stoner guy from Cabin in the Woods. Blew me the <laughs> fuck away that this guy directed this movie. Like, I, he was in a Diary of a Wimpy Kid ten years ago. I could not believe it. He wrote and directed this film. And the direction, you know, well, it's very simple. It's all pretty much in one room. It's amazing. Like, the whole opening 20 minutes is just church staff setting up this room for this meeting and you learn so many little details and so many nuanced things to just set up and kind of build to this meeting and then the meeting actually happens and then you find out what's actually going on 
and just the emotions is done well. It's a hot button issue, um, you know, that I won't spoil, but it doesn't delve into politics or one side or another. It's just four rational adults trying to move on from a tragedy and you can understand everybody's side in the situation and it just humanizes people in such a terrible, terrible tragedy. Uh, so I recommend uh, this movie wholeheartedly. Probably one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time. I mean, Fran Krantz, holy shit. I did not expect to be saying that name as a director I'm excited to see more of. But uh, he blew me away with this uh, debut. So it, it's an awesome movie. It's not long. It's only like an hour, 40 minutes. Um, I got it a fucking... I rented it at the library, so... <laughs> Um, but you can get it on VOD too. It's fucking well worth your time. Just be prepared. Challenging movie, not like a breeze. You're not going to put it on and Saturday afternoon and then go out and mow your lawn right after. Like it, it's a fucking commitment to watch it just emotionally. Uh, but well worth it in my opinion. So yeah, I was blown away. Totally saved my week as far as movies go. Nice. Never even heard of it. Fran, I, I didn't even know he did movies or, or made movies. Like I knew it's his, it's his, uh, it's his debut as far as I know, but I, I never heard of it. Uh, it was Stuckman, Chris Stuckman on YouTube. Right. Yeah, That's Stuckman how I heard about it. Yeah. He recommended it. So definitely watch it. All right. Cool. Uh, Justin, how about you? Uh, I'm going to check that out. That sounds interesting. And I, I, I feel like I might've read uh, just a little something about that that said how good it was. So, um, and it's funny you mentioned uh, I, what's the guy's name from Cabin uh, Cabin Fever? Fran Kranz, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, like Cabin in the Woods. I'm sorry that, that like you saying that you didn't expect that from him. It reminds me I watched, and this isn't my recommendation, but I watched about a week or two ago. Um, Get Low with um, Bill Murray and Robert Duvall, where Robert mm-hmm. Duvall plays this old guy who plans his own funeral. <clears throat> there's an actor in there and I'm like, where the fuck do I know this guy from? It was driving me a younger guy. It's like, it was driving me crazy. And then midway through, I realized it was that guy, Lucas black, who was in fast and furious, Tokyo drift. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he was really good. It was like, who is this guy? That's really good in this movie. Like, where do I know him from? And, and I realized it was that. And it blew me away because I like, I wouldn't expected this performance from a guy who's, Biggest previous credit was Tokyo Drift. He says Tokyo um, Drift. Doesn't even mention Sling Blade. He's like Tokyo Drift. Yeah, that's right. He was a kid in Sling yeah. Blade. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, yeah. What was that one movie he was in where they were in the diner? It was uh, like oh, Randy Quaid Legion. and Paul Bettany. Legion. That was Legion. that was the other one I remember him from. Yeah. What? But um, so my recommendation and um, actually on another tangent. <laughs> Going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode and, and what happened today, um, if you've never seen it, and it might be too raw for some people now, I get that, but Gus Van Sant's Elephant is about a school shooting, and it's a it's an excellent, excellent movie. Um, it's a movie that not everybody's going to love, and like I said, maybe give it a week or two to kind of let this, um, you know, wrap your head around what happened today to watch it, but uh, it's a really good movie. Um, but my actual recommendation for the week is the movie from 1982 called Turkey Shoot. Um, it's an Australian, like an exploitation type movie. Um, right. The DVD copy I have is is titled Escape 2000. Um, but the theatrical release was Turkey Shoot. And then in Britain, it was released as Blood Camp Thatcher. 
and it's like a dystopian take on the most dangerous game. Um, so uh, Steve rails back. Who I think you, you mentioned Life Force. He's in he's in Life Force. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he played Manson in the uh, TV Helter Skelter movie. Uh, he was in Stuntman. He's the main character, and then Olivia Hussey, who was Juliet and yeah. Cifarelli, uh, Romeo and Juliet, is in it. Black Christmas, yeah. So those are, are our two leads, and they get locked up for like political type crimes. Olivia Hussey gets locked up, although she didn't really do anything. Railsback is kind of like a um, a rebel, so they get locked up and thrown in this camp, and uh, the the like the guy who runs the warden of the camp he invite he has like a contest and he gets some of his rich friends and they come and they all pick a person from the camp and then they set him loose in the woods and go hunt him down. Um, and it's just, it, it takes a little while to get going. I mean, I, I love it from start to finish, but it, it, you have to get about a good 40 minutes before anything too outlandish happens. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, there's a character who's like a wolfman type character. He's like a circus freak. Doesn't make any sense, but it just makes the movie that much better. Um, Color me intrigued now. (laughs) And he wears a top hat. He wears a top hat, which makes it even better. Like he tips his top hat at one point. (laughs) It's so fucking good. Um, And it gets gory towards the end. It's not a ton of gore, but there's enough. And it's there's enough like B grade action and violence to make it interesting. it's by Brian Trenchant Smith, who did BMX Bandits. Yeah, Leprechaun 2 and 3. Some of the Leprechaun movies, The Man from Hong Kong, Stunt Rock. So, you know, he's if you're into that kind of thing and you, you've seen some of his movies, you know what to expect. Right. <clears throat> and the score is by Brian, by Brian May, who did uh, Mad Max and Road Warrior, yes. which are arguably my two favorite scores of all time. So it, it's more of that, you know, he's really good. Uh, 82 huh yeah that's funny because i'm talking about a film right now that came out in 82 so Uh if if you enjoy schlock 80s horror and slasher films featuring killers wearing bear costumes then i've got quite the perfect recommendation for you all this week girls night out is a 1982 film by robert dubel and features hal holbrook his son david holbrook Friday at 13th Part 2's Lauren Marie Taylor, Julia Montgomery, and Michael Corleone's bodyguard, Al Neary, Mr. Richard Bright himself. <laughs> Aero Video <laughs> released it last week, and I picked it up based on the plot alone. There's an all-night scavenger hunt that's hosted by Borat's Harry Cousin. A lot of licensed 80 tunes are played throughout the movie, and the killer wears, like I said, a bear mascot costume with a homemade claw device that they use to, to kill their victims. Like, they took, like, three, like, or four fucking knives, attached them to this big block of wood, taped it all together, put their hand around it, and, and, and slid it up through, like, underneath the, the, the paw area of the costume. It's pretty slick, actually. Um, it's pretty clever stuff, actually. And, uh, yeah, it's a bit predictable bit goofy but all in all i had fun with it and glad i picked it up like i said arrow put it out set me back 35 dollars but i'm happy to contribute to you know the the indie label and support physical media and um yeah one of the worst god awful blu-ray transfers i've ever seen in my life but they at least gave me a little text before the film started to give me a heads up on 
the source and what they had to do. They used a couple sources because they couldn't find the full shit and and, and um, wherever the the place was sitting there collecting dust. Shit. So figure they give you a discount for that kind of quality <laughs> for thirty five bucks. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I picked it up. Like I said, and and uh, check it out or don't. I'm just offering a recommendation for the week, doing my part for the genre and for the show. So, um, I think that's going to be a wrap on this week's show. Speaking of, if you guys want to hear more for us, then be sure to check out our Bad Boys 2 episode from this week. And if you haven't already, then uh, do so. In case you didn't know for whatever reason, it's Bayhem Month here on the Film Effect. And sadly, next week it comes to a close with me and my brother Andrew talking about Michael Bay's sophomore film, The Rock. For more Film Effect episodes, check out our ever-growing collection of previous episodes as we reach episode 100 in just a few short weeks. Of course, we'll be celebrating and talking about Kubrick's The Shining, like we said. June itself is bound to be another fun month of episodes as we are bound to cover such films as Jurassic Park. We'll be celebrating the end of the school year with Can't Hardly Wait. And our Tarantino Triple X celebration will continue with an episode on Jackie Brown. So... Uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, email, YouTube, all that good jazz. Links in the episode notes, as they always are for every episode. And don't forget to help us by, uh, you know, leaving that quick rating, review, Apple, Spotify, directly on our website, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, so in the meantime, until next week, Corey, Justin, anything else before we depart? Nope. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah, have a good one. Bye, everybody. Give, give your kids an extra squeeze, you know, when you, after you listen to this. Oh, shit. And uh, happy Memorial Day. Almost forgot about that. Uh, thank you. There for, you go. Happy and, no, I was going to say thanks uh, to everybody who's uh, served in the military and protected our country. So, yeah, happy Memorial Day. Be safe. All right. Until next week, it's time to make the donuts. Take care now. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. This concludes our broadcast day.